as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Kia and good and Orvin from Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters mm. of Let's Talk Sport. You're with myself, Nathan Snade, partner over here, Scott Brown, making silly, silly noises. He still hasn't grown up, has he? It's the 31st of May, and the weather today is Shane. Yeah. Guns good, huh? Guns good. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of... Couple of guns good. It's absolutely Shane out A couple there. of Luxos in the uh, studio uh, this evening. If you are watching on the live feed, you may notice Mr. Anthony Drennan. Uh, Luxembourg 15s and 7s international. You've captained the side as well, so we could we can put that on the CV, can't we? <laughs> you can, I won't. You said that. You were talking yourself up as we were coming up the stairs, Tony. <sighs> we're also very privileged to be... I'm going to try and say his name right to give him the credit. Joao Machado. Perfect, perfect. Look at that. Uh, who is uh, the goalkeeper at Mondorf. Um, yeah, the, that I guess that came about. Uh, I went to watch Dude Lange play against Mondorf. Unfortunately, the result didn't all go away, but... <laughs> You had a hell of a game, I thought. Uh, it could have been a lot more if you hadn't been in goal. And yeah, we just had a conversation and uh, and here we are. So, um, Tony, we'll start with yourself. 30 seconds. Who are you and what are you doing in this studio? Um, my name is Anthony Drennan, born and raised in Luxembourg, but my parents are Irish. That's where the accent comes from for people listening. Um, yeah, I just grew up a rugby player and that's how I met Scott Brown. And he's just constantly been begging me to come into the studio, so this is my first time in. Hopefully, last. <laughs> Confidence of the land. <laughs> Listen to him. Sorry, 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 lies. About, sorry about all the lies there. Yeah, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, Tony, obviously, uh, you're you're a product of the system in Luxembourg. Capped uh, as a youngster, you then you've just finished at university. So where have you been off at university? I was in at Queens, at Queens in Northern Ireland, in Belfast, more specifically. Oh, how did that yeah. actually go in Northern Ireland? Uh, yeah, there was some sticky moments, but for the most part, it was grand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. And then you had a wee, you had also a bit of a year in between all of that, didn't you? Yes, yes. Um, after I finished secondary school, I went off to Paris to play rugby for a year at Stade Francais Paris. Yeah, in the Esport team there with Liam wow. Carroll. Very good, very good. Yeah, we followed that eagerly, yeah. and it's no doubt helped you turn into the player that you uh, that you now are. Um, and hopefully, hopefully there'll be more to follow in your uh, footsteps. Joao, yourself, not born in Luxembourg, no? No, no, I was born in Portugal, Porto to be exact. Um, I lived there for five years, then I came with my parents to Luxembourg. They came to work, and me um, and yeah, my sister came with them. And then I played, started playing football, went to school, also national team, did all the, the youth, uh, also Luxembourgish product, I would say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, here I am after the game of Tudelange. <laughs> yeah. Happy days, happy days. Um, so is Porto, is that your? Is that the team you follow then? No. Who do you oh. follow? No. Yeah, go that's, on, go yeah. on. <laughs> Benfica. Oh. Benfica. Mate, I tell you what, I was on a stag do. I've just about <laughs> recovered at the weekend. And they obviously won the league. Yeah. I mean, well, technically they won the league before, didn't they? they, they had, there was like a weird, they had to not win by, the other team had to lose by 12 goals or something to take. I yeah, think it was sporting, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. But mate, you haven't seen nothing 
in Lisbon. Like they close off. We were actually in our hotel. It was really close to where they're having the big party. Yeah. Like you're staggering back mm-hmm. after a few beers, and mate, there's flares going off yeah. in the uh, in the street and stuff. They're at, it's just another level. Absolutely mad. Everyone's just wearing red down there. They uh, they absolutely Yo, love can it. Can I ask why? Why not? Why not Porto? Uh, to be honest, like since I remember, I have pictures when I was a kid, and I have a Benfica shirt, and yeah. my dad is for Benfica. There we go. But my sister is for Porto, and the rest of the family too. So okay, so it's yeah, just it's, you and your dad. Yeah, and one one uncle, and the rest is everything. Everyone is for Porto. Like Porto is like the people from Porto really identify with the club, and when because you are not. Yeah, I've I've heard that there's a there's a it's it's actually quite a it's a not such a negative relationship it's quite quite fun between Lisbon and Porto yeah, yeah I mean yeah yeah like the they tell all the time that like Lisbon is the upper class and uh, Porto is like the working class so you see it a little bit in the in the in the clubs too like the identity of the clubs and the people it's honest like when you go to Lisbon and Porto it's a little bit different I went to Lisbon this year too for two days and I I noticed the difference between Porto and Lisbon but it's like it's yeah, it's just football, so it's nothing. I went on holiday there two years ago, and then the, the still the, talking about the, that. Uh, and the, uh, no, it's cause such a beautiful place; it blew me away. Yeah. And then the the people there were telling me, "Don't come back to Lisbon. You got to go to you got to go to Porto yeah. because it's just as beautiful." Yeah. So there's obviously it's not so. Um, it's not too much no, between the people, not just the clubs, just the really. Clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always, we uh, we start things off with uh, sport and the history. And uh, Nathan, you got a few fun facts for us about what happened on this day, uh, whenever yeah. it might have been. Yeah, there's a there's a load there. Like I'm going I'm to quickly rip through them because there is a load there. 1902, cr- Australia cricket were all out for 36 versus England at Edge Bastion, which is their lowest ever. Uh, Edge Bastion. Edge Baston. Not Edge Bastion. Edge Baston. Yeah, there's no I O in there's no I A in there, is there? Nope. But anyway, thirty six is uh oh, that's not many. I always you, know cricket, so you, you don't know cricket, no. so no. <laughs> you, you were messaging me yesterday about playing cricket, Tony, so don't Yeah, I'd like to learn, but I wouldn't know yeah, I wouldn't know what any of that means. Well thirty six is a very, very, <laughs> very, very, very low sport. Yeah. Well it's, it's, it's the lowest ever. Uh, oh, just to jump in here, normally it takes me a bit longer to talk about movies and YouTube videos. I'll send you this one. Uh one of the big sponsors of or was one of the big sponsors of cricket in the in the UK was Nat West. And they did this, they filmed this documentary and they called it the the secret cricketer. And basically this team of up in Yorkshire, I got bowled out for something like I can't remember what it was. It was like nine or something. Every batsman got um, a duck, uh, and then there were a few wides and stuff like this. And uh, they obviously got beat. And it, it does the rounders; they're the worst cricket team to ever play cricket. So um, Nat West get wind of this. They set up a the return match the following season, but they basically get a ringer in, who's a guy called Michael Vaughan, who's obviously a legend uh, of uh, of English cricket, and they they put him in like a fat man suit. And he basically goes out and he gets all the runs for the oppo and then takes the master. It's absolutely class, you know. The old behind a the duck, scenes stuff. A, a duck means zero. Yeah. By the way, not the quacky duck, not the little yellow duck. Yeah. What would you? What would a duck be like in football? In football, a duck would be like a be, seven, seven zero. Nah, be like getting substituted like on in injury time to use up time. I think that would be the equivalent of a duck. You know, yeah. like, like yeah, seven, unless you get your match fee, yeah. unless you get your match fee. Um, interesting one, two thousand and eight. Usain Bolt breaks the world record in the hundred meter sprint nine point seven two. Yep, on this Brit- day, I'll never forget that him doing the hundred meters Beijing and just getting out to sixty meters and just being like that, absolutely crushing it. Yeah. Uh, another one, twenty eighteen. Zinedine Zidane resigned as manager of Real Madrid after winning the Champions League three times. 
Yeah. That's I'm going. Yeah. Well, here's a little bit, bit more. 2015, Harriet Thompson, aged 92 and 65 days, became the oldest woman to complete a marathon. I want to know what time she did that in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be such a competitive bugger. She did it. About, <laughs> about 92 years old. But I here we go. Marathon. What about 1961? Do you want to go on or do you want me to let me reel it off? Oh, here you go. Look at you. Go on, go for it. European Cup final in Wankdorf Stadium. Yep, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen, in Bern. I'm sure it's ben- Wankdorf or something like that. I don't know <laughs> but if it's Benfica, there we go. They beat Barcelona 3-2, and it was the first Portuguese team to reach a final and win the tournament. I've never been to Wankdorf Stadium, but... Um, it's on the list, is it? Maybe we should be. Well, uh, <laughs> Joel, we're gonna, uh, we'll start things off with yourself, um, and then we'll... Uh, uh, I can say dive because he's a goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. then, then we'll dive into what's been going on at the uh, the small states games. Tony, we watched a bit of it today. We did, which was good to see. Uh, you're currently playing at Mondorf. How many seasons have you been at Mondorf now? This was my fourth. I will start my fifth next season. Well, you must be doing something right if they uh, <laughs> if they keep you on. So as I said, you're not you're not you're not you're not born in Luxembourg, but spent most of your life here. And you previously played for Niederkorn. Yeah. is that right? And Rodange. Yeah, and was like I were, when I came here I live in Niederkorn since I'm in Luxembourg and uh, I went to the youth teams there uh, till the first team with 18 then I decided like I wanted to play Niederkorn was going a club was going up at that time uh, playing uh, European competitions and everything and I was like okay I will not play at 18 here uh, and I wanted to play so Rodonge came in it's nearby and they told me, yeah, we want you for next season in Bijel. They uh, came up and I went there, did like 17 games. And uh, I was under 19 still, but I played with the first time. I did 17, 18 games in uh, Bijel. And then um, we went down to uh, Promotion d'Honneur. Yeah. And there I played the full season. And uh, Mondorf had called me already after the first season yeah, yeah, in yeah. Rodanche. And I said, no, I want to go down with them and play the whole season. Yeah. And uh, after the second year, they were like, yeah, now you're coming back yeah. up. Uh, come on, we want you. And uh, that's, it was quick. It was really, I think, uh, neg- negotiations were like for two weeks and I signed. It was really, really quick. Oh, that doesn't sound quick to me. But yeah. <laughs> When you, um, so you're still living in Niederkorn now. Yeah. When, you, when you go back, so if Mondorf played Nieder- Niederkorn, yeah. you get a win. What happens? The windows go down. The, no, no, the, no, no. The, Everyone. The honking of the wall goes up. You, <laughs> you, you get your flags out. <laughs> I think I'm one of the last uh, youth products from Niederkorn who uh, was in Niederkorn. Yeah. Like we were like a generation was in Niederkorn and we all left. We were like four or five. And uh, they welcomed us back like we were kids, still the kids yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from Niederkorn. My dad works at uh, in the stadium. Yeah. So he is responsible for the organization of everything in the Class. stadium in Niederkorn. So I go there, I'm I'm welcome. I know that yeah. it's it's really nice to, to go back to Niederkorn and play against them. Where's, um? Well, look, this this isn't going to, f- you know, it's not going to be any chronological order. Questions are going to yeah. pop into my head, so I'm just going to fire <laughs> them off yeah. Why? Why are you a goalkeeper? Where did that come about? To be honest, like, I started uh, in uh, in the field. I was a defender, but I think I was really bad. I was like, I didn't know how to shoot, how to run, nothing. And my favorite player was a goalkeeper from Benfica. I don't know why, <laughs> but he was my favorite player. And just one day in a tournament, the goalkeeper was not there. And uh, the other one didn't want to go in goal. And I said, I want. 
So I went, they bought me gloves. I, the first games, I didn't even have gloves. So I was uh, without gloves in goal and we won the tournament. Yeah. I only, they only scored one goal and it was a defender of me. So uh, after that, like I never left. No, I was a goalkeeper then. I was like for three months, I was a player and then that's it. Uh, what about you, Tony? What, what position would you have been if you'd have, you know, not, not seen the light and gone to rugby? What position would you have played? Well, I, I did actually play uh, football from until I was about... 10, 11, I'd actually played for Benfica. It was oh. RM Ham Benfica. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we so, missed that bit out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, RM Ham Benfica and I was a left back, mostly on the bench, but when I came on, I'd be, I'd be a left back. Yeah. And the only reason I was a left back was because I was the only left footed player on the team and I was a bit bigger, so that was it. <laughs> but uh, then I played rugby at, on along the side and realised I was, I don't can I swear, uh, I was pretty bad at football, so I just yeah. stuck with the rugby and went to Spokalese and that's when I quit football. You've got to get the Spokely uh, say in there, haven't you? All credit, all credit to the Spokely say, like, doesn't get enough credit on this show. Doesn't get enough. Yeah, that's true. It really doesn't. Yeah. yeah. But, so, um, so you two, you, you were in the, were in the same year? At no, we came one year after me. Yeah, you're the year above me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no, any, any time when you were competing, you were, you were kicking, a, a, kicking a ball at Joel? Um, no? Well, we'd train on Wednesday mornings. We'd train on half the pitch. They'd train yeah. on the other half. So Roby would have one half of the pitch on Wednesday mornings. Oh, I bet there was a hatred there. Oh, God, we couldn't stand the football players. Like, oh, God. You remember Marty Davis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't stand the football players. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he'd make us stop training when he saw one of the, um, the football players go down and be like, see that? Like, that? we just can't have that. We just can't have that. <laughs> yeah. There was one specific player, actually. I'm, I think you know him quite well. I won't say his name. He went down and looked like he was in a massive agony and they brought an ambulance down or whatever and Marty was like there's no way he's injured there's no way he's injured let me know if he gets back into school tomorrow and what he looks like and sure enough next day he just came into school with nothing on him and Marty was but so this, was just on the, this was on the Wednesday morning training he went down he did a Hollywood uh, yeah Wednesdays and Friday mornings yeah yeah. so that's when you'd, that's when you'd train with your national team coaches and then yeah. every other day you'd be doing like uh, strength training flexibility uh, endurance whatever whatever your coaches thought you needed I'm going to take that note yo have you ever seen some some really good Hollywoods out there and you're in, on, oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. even myself like I don't I don't leave the pitch because I'm a goalkeeper so when I'm injured and the, the physio comes in I don't have to leave the pitch just on what you said there you could play rugby just with that <laughs> you could play rugby no so I'm like yeah sometimes to lose time you do a little bit of Hollywood but do, do you make much noise because we don't hear it when we're watching it on the TV do you make much noise do you squeal like a uh, stunned uh, guy I don't like to do it but I hear some players do it on the field and it's like it, it's you have to laugh yeah. sometimes in my head even if it's my player I just turn around and I'm like yeah. fuck who's, who's, <laughs> nah, it's all good it's all good who's, who's there's, there's a fellow who plays up front of you with like a ponytail in front of me who plays uh, he's a striker for you yeah who is it long hair I think he scored a few goals for you this year mm-hmm. we have so uh, with a ponytail well long hair maybe wears a what do you call it an Alice band yeah. so we have uh, Bilal give me some names Bilal Diogo Jogo, a small one. I'm trying to think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna go on your web, uh, yeah, your website and pull it up, and I'll tell you who it is. But basically, I, w- I went up, uh, was up watching it with uh, Alex Rad, uh, and he, he's, uh, I don't know. I think there's a bit of a scramble, and he's. I don't, I don't even know if he's got clip and mate, he's gone down, and the roaring coming out of him. Yeah, yeah. Alex Rad had sat there with a the beer, just like. It's Jogo, I think. Oh, it's, the number nine. it's the number nine. It's the number nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he's, you tell him, I want him to come on and talk us through that. Yeah. You know, so. um, but when you're when you're playing in goal, um, do you do you get heckled? So sometimes yeah. at some of the pitches, the you know the advertising boards are quite behind you. You yeah. know, do you, are they being like, "Yo, number one"? Yeah, yeah. 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 I had this season uh, in Volts. Uh, 
I like I I came out of the box and the ball went uh, <laughs> up and they scored like I wasn't in goal empty goal and I got some stick from the Vol supporters they were like you're too small you're too small you're too small like something like, and I just laugh but the last time was Jeunesse it was after it was like one of the last games of this season and I knew because they are um, known to be like they have ultras you know and it's quite nice to have that in Lu in Luxembourg yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good but like I knew I told my players you will see second half they will come after me and as soon as I went to the goal wow they knew the name they would call me you're a dog in Luxembourg you yeah. should, and I was like yeah, yeah that's nice it's, we were winning 2-0 so that's no problem you, know? you, just, you just need you need a script you need some ammo to throw at them oh it's good your mum brought you down to the football today yeah. Yeah, there's, so, there's so much I stuff answered can, one time yeah. but I will not say what but yeah. <laughs> the referee heard it and you left so yeah. it's okay yeah. <laughs> just wished him well you know wished him well there's uh, I think back to when I, when I was at university um, I, was, I was on placement and I was up in Dungannon and the guy up there had played in like the, the Irish Premier League over there and he talked about this story and obviously you've got the, you talk about the whole Rangers and um, Glen Torren thing and the whole, you know, the Catholic and the Protestant thing over there and then you've, well, you've got, sorry, Rangers and Celtic, but then you've got Glen Torren and Linfield, which is essentially the, the same, but just a, a lower, lower version of it. And he told me about this story about this guy who had played at, I think he played at Linfield his whole career. And then he was looking for a club and he ended up going to some other club. But he had a he had a big um, big Celtic tattoo. Like so you got the shorts like that, and obviously the shorts are a bit longer. But he's got a tattoo like that. And basically he would just walk. He wasn't really interested in playing, he was just picking up his chair and he'd just walk over to the sports and start going like <laughs> and all this sort of just just basically baiting the uh, baiting the supporters and I think hearing those sorts of stories people always talk about getting that out of the game but it's part it's one of the best things yeah I mean we were when we were when I was in Paris we played against Bayonne and Bayonne the under 21s would play in this beautiful stadium that was surrounded by like a castle or whatever and like all the ex-players who used to play for Bayonne would always come watch the juniors play and then they'd go watch the pros play but they'd all be steaming. These are six-year-old men and like they'd, they'd be spitting on us, shouting at us. Yeah. There'd be some racial remarks as well. But like when you're in there and the lads are just like, oh my God, this is class. Yeah, We're going yeah. to batter these boys. Like, but you remember Latvia? It was the same thing. It was yeah, really like, and then afterwards they'll come and have a beer with you and stuff. It's all yeah. part and parcel yeah. of it, isn't it? Um, what's the craziest thing you've seen in the BGL League then? Like obviously there must have been a bit of fighting at some stage, but yeah. has there ever been like any anything where you're like, this is ridiculous, you know? To be honest, this season we had a, a fight against Nidokorn <laughs> and I don't know how now no one got a red card, to be honest, because I was just like, one player from Nidokorn fell down, our player kicked the ball to his head, the player stands up, everyone comes, I look left, there are two or three players, they are fighting, right also, and then I see the player from Nidokorn stand up, go to our guy who kicked the ball, and no, three players from Nidokorn got our guy who kicked the ball and the guy who got the ball stands up and he does like a kung fu jump in our player's chest. And I was like, whoa, what's this? Yeah. And then after the game, we saw our player had like the marks all over his chest and the referee and one, our fourth goalkeeper jumped onto the field to protect him because he saw it. And it was like madness. And I was like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then after the game, they talked. 
like nothing happened Happen, and i was yeah. like if someone did that to me i think i don't know if i will go to him and talk like it's normal it's very different from from rugby well, of course, well you, you say football, i think you say different. that i mean there's like it that's cool to hear there is that you know you just park it and move on yeah but, but, but there is some stuff that doesn't get parked yeah. unfortunately and we're I think that's one of the, well, I would say normally with a national team because you play against similar teams so you know players who maybe have a short fuse, should yeah. we say, uh, <laughs> you can go after. But when, you, when you're playing teams regularly, you know these players that have a... Um, <laughs> Have, have a reputation and stuff like this. Oshin was telling me once, so he's moved over to New York and he's playing for his club. And he said there was some bloke, literally, like th- there isn't a lot of fighting going on in rugby unless you're in the real lower leagues in France. It's more pushing and shoving yeah, sure and stuff. There's no, there's no real handbags thrown or anything. But basically, this guy, this American guy, is running around like stamping on people and like you know being dirty and stuff. And basically, so Oshin's like, yeah, need to pack it in. And then. They score, so Oshin's like, "Yeah, like this." And the bloke just punches him, and, and he's just like, he "Said he was just so shocked because that sort of stuff doesn't really, yeah. you know, the whole the whole fighting stuff is uh is, is older, older, older generation, you know." But we love talking about the bagar on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, where, where, where about your favourite places? You've, you've oh, so here here in Luxembourg, Jeunesse. Yeah. To like, it's a very nice stadium best pitch uh, the fans just to jump in there when we had Andrea on we asked him about the like the big rivalries which definitely next year I'm going to make a point of going up to the big rivalries but he said I think it's Jeunesse and Etzella but Etzella Elbrook have gone down this year because there's like some old story where I think Etzella needed to did they need a certain number of or they needed a result to go their way and I'm not sure if um, Jeunesse basically put out the the bin juice and they end up losing the game so they end up yeah. getting relegated so there's a bit of history here so very interested to hear about these these rivalries because yeah. I think it's it's all well and good going and watching the top teams play but it's nice if there is a bit of bit of niggle bit yeah. of history between it's, teams I think it's stuff. a lot of because of the fans too like yeah. this season I remember when I came to Mondorf the last game of the season before I came to Mondorf was uh, Differdange Mondorf and Differdange needed to win uh, to be uh to qualify for Euro, uh, European football. And neither can, like if Diffenage don't win, it doesn't matter. And I was a play, I was playing for Rodon, but I was loaned out. So I was a player of neither can. And um, Diffenage uh, draw at Mondorf. And they were out of their minds, like the fans, the, the everyone, the president, everyone. Else. And like when I came to Mondorf, the first rival, because we don't have like clubs nearby us. So the first real rivalry was Diffenage. And we felt it when we went to Diffenage for my first season, uh, our fans didn't get to take anything with them to the stadium. Diffenage blocked everything. They, the fans could go in, but not... Uh, no flags or No flags, or nothing. Yeah. And this season was unfortunate, but uh, our fans got attacked by their fans. Wow. Yeah. Really? So it does yeah, really in attacked. In that, even here in Luxembourg, it's, it was really a surprise. Even wow. Paulis got in, because it was like a big thing. And it was our president's son, so... Yeah, not the one yeah, to go after. Uh, 
Well, thanks for spilling the beans on this. <laughs> if I could take one thing to a football match, it'll always be the air raid siren, 100%. Oh, Tony, when I retire and you're still playing for the national team at Stade de Luxembourg, you, I'll get that bad boy going. <laughs> you know, they won't let you take it in. I'll get the lads to get it in the night before the game. <laughs> Somebody had it on my first cup. I remember that. You were talking to some boy about getting it in because you loved hearing the stories about it. It was Oshin. It was Oshin. I can't remember. I just remember walking out from my first cup, like being dead nervous, like, oh my God, it's my first cup. What's going on? And then I hear is, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, like the air raid. Siren. It's so good. But that came about, I went to, so the two two Kimmel brothers, Romain, he left, but Guillaume was playing at pont mousson and we went down, they had to win a match to stay up or something, and I'd spoken to him a couple of weeks before, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll go down. So Oshin and I got in the car, drove down, and we pulled up, we went and got a beer, came out of the clubhouse, and there was this old lady and she was sat at the top of the stand obviously it was packed as a relegation just giving it stacks on this big this big air raid siren I was like this is brilliant absolutely (laughs) brilliant and stuff like that but the way things are going that'll probably upset somebody and we'll not be allowed to do it you know Um, you you said you did uh, like Lux under 21s yeah is that a goal further down the line you know to play play for the full national team yeah of course but I think uh, I wanted to stay realistic and I know the um, national team coach he wants big goalkeepers tall goalkeepers and I'm not the tallest uh, for international level it would be complicated for me um, I trained with uh, a team with the first team oh really yeah uh, like five years ago I was still in under, 20, uh, under 19s yeah and uh, it was a time where Maurice had his first kid and they did they only had one goalkeeper so the goalkeeper coach called me up and I want one week I trained with them. Yeah. And like one year later, I was called again uh, because it was before the France game where they draw. Yeah. Uh, uh, the goalkeepers were injured. They only had Joubert. And they called me. I went two days with them and then they went to France and he didn't have the uh, the citizenship so I couldn't go with them. So, oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be... Uh, is it... Is it, it I'd say it was an awesome experience yeah. being in and around it all. Yeah, I, I really want to... to to have the, that experience again but I know it's complicated when I see the goalkeepers they have now and the goalkeepers like uh, Barella and everything in the BGL who uh, did a great season this season with uh, Petange and the other ones are pros it's really complicated yeah but are you um, is, is that something you you know you'd love to do is you know be full time with yeah. the, the football and stuff like that but am I right in thinking where did you Mondorf you finished sixth or yeah sixth, sixth this year good season that, that was yeah. like if you'd have said that at the start of the year, I think you'd have been like, hell yes, do you yes. know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously, whilst I don't know what happens on the pitch, you must be doing something right if you're finishing there. So, you know, long, long, may that, um, long may that form uh, form continue. I asked Andrea about this. Have you had any uh, red cards? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what'd you do? There's more than one here, I reckon. <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, Morella's red card was against us. Yeah. The guy when he came out with the knee. Yeah. Uh, but he, he said he, he was like, oh, I came out, but he just, he clicked yeah. in the wrong way. He didn't, he didn't mean yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so you <laughs> well that's what he said on the radio anyway. You, so. you saw the red card? No, no, I spoke to Andrea about okay. the, the red card. I, I saw the red card. I was on the pitch and it was... Oh, that's right. You weren't here. Gav was covering for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, my red... Another holiday in Lisbon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> my red card was against Petar uh, with Tronach and that's a rivalry. Yeah. So it... It was the first time they played in BGL at Petange because we won the first game, so it was the second game. And the um, first game after the break, the winter break, <laughs> and the guy who I uh, tackled is now a pro 
at Braga in Portugal. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. I had the ball. I wanted to simulate that I was going to kick the ball and take it left. Oh, the old dummy. And he jumped. Yeah. But he was so big. He got the ball still with his feet. And then he went to the side and I was all alone. And I went with him. He was back, turned to me. And I was like, okay, the ball is right. I tackled and wanted to kick the ball. And the guy just put his leg in front of the ball. And I just kicked his leg like <laughs> mad. Yeah. Oh, and I just stand up. I was sorry. I went back to the guy. I was yeah. okay. Yellow card. And the ref came red card. Ball. And I was like, okay, yeah. it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So you, felt you, but you must feel pretty stink because they need to bring in a, your replacement goalkeeper yeah. to, to come in. And then one of, and so you actually, effectively, you're off. Yeah. But another player is off as well. But yeah, what? yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when? We went to, he went to the dressing room with me, with the player who came over, and I was like, I'm sorry, no, no, no problem. He was like, no. <laughs> he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you see it where, obviously, if the goalkeeper gets injured yeah. or sent off, they'll bring a sub-goalkeeper on. Is that like the ultimate insult? If you're like, you know, because I guess it's hard as a goalkeeper, because if it's number one, you're going to play most weeks, aren't they? Unless they've, you know, the season's done, yeah. or if you've, you, you know, you're not going to play. But imagine if they're like, oh, he's got sent off, and the young lad's like, yes. Like, <laughs> ask one of the centre-backs to go and go. That will be an insult if yeah. you put, uh, put another one. But I think uh, between the goalkeepers, we, had, we have a real union most of the times. Uh, so it, no, you are never happy when the other guy has to leave because of red card or yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah. Because, no, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, where's the best place you've played football then? Where I played, it was in Italy against the under-21s of Italy just because of the it's Italy yeah. pros against pros, 8,000. Because the stadium was not big. It was not a really nice stadium, but just the memory of being uh, on television in Italy, everybody watching, everybody talking about it. Like, it was the first time we really felt as pros because it was like a first team game. Yeah. In Italy, under-21s are very important. And uh, yeah, that was the best, I think. Yeah. So it's just the same for yourself, Tony. You know, the fond memories you look at even early on in your career are when you do get to play in front of the big crowds, when it's noisy and stuff like that. Um, no, absolutely. But unfortunately, my best game wasn't in front of a big crowd. It was in Portugal, in Lisbon. Um, it was in this old stadium. I couldn't tell you what football club uh, plays there. You probably could tell me, Joao. It's um, the stadium was built into like this hillside, and it was just. It looked like it was made out of castle, but it was. It went all around the pitch. Obviously, under 18s, uh, we were playing against Lithuania in Lisbon, so obviously nobody came to watch. But it was still one of the best experiences because you're in this. First time in like a proper professional changing room where you yeah. had uh, what do you call it the little box the little booth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 all makes it all <laughs> makes it part of it coming coming back onto those um, coming back onto the cards <laughs> have, have you ever had a red card and someone else has had to come off with you as well I've, I've had a few <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm not proud to say but part and parcel of the game I think yeah. when have you you had one against Houchenstam I remember that yeah and then the week before that as well. Oh, that's right. Two in two weeks. Two I completely forgot weeks. about yeah. that. You can play but when you get a red card. But he was he was set up. I remember watching on the sidelines. He was set up well and trying. He I was he was Gary I, the Gumboot. He, he fell for it big mate, time. I uh, I remember that one because it was the first one against Chelsea. No, the first one was against Frankfurt, but it wasn't a straight red. So. It was a second yellow. I remember that because the bloke headbutted you on the ground, and I I got I think I got subbed off. Uh, we we I, we actually didn't too bad. It was like forty seven or something. It wasn't a bad result against wow. them. But I remember coming off, and I really went at the touch judge because 
the beauty about playing in my position is I can stand in the thick of it but not actually okay. have to do anything and get involved <laughs> and just observe. And this guy, I remember watching it and I was like, you've seen what's happened there. And then I basically went off and I was like, the only reason he's not getting a red card is because they're top of the league and you don't want him banned for the playoffs. And they're all sat there like, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that was the full story, but yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah. No, but the first, <laughs> but the boy the first bit was, chop, it was for chopping your man in the, uh, chopping the man in the mall, wasn't no, it? No, the first one was Liam and me dumb tackled this fellow onto his head and it was the guy who headbutted me afterwards and then the, one guy thought it was just Liam so a few punches were thrown and then I got headbutted in the face and then in the face uh, in the face and then he then he was on the bench because it was two yellow cards um, we were two yellow cards is if, means you don't finish the match but you can play the week after oh, okay. so we had a massive game the week after yeah. and he was on the bench because we weren't sure if he was going to be allowed to play <laughs> on you come take what were we on 60 seconds or something oh, no, some it? fella giving him abuse and Tony just no 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 that's not what happened that <laughs> <way>. <laughs> on, tell, tell us what happened Tony for the listeners so after the two yellows against Frankfurt I had to speak to the committee in Germany and the committee in Germany were like, no, it's a red, you can't play. And I was like, no, it's two yellows, I'm legally allowed to play. And I gave the reasons why, and they were like, okay, fine, you can play. And we only found this out after training on Thursday. So the coach at the time, James Kent, said, listen, we can't start you because you haven't trained properly with us, so will we be on the bench? I was actually one of the coaches at the time as well, but I'm not getting into yeah, that. Sorry, sorry, beg your pardon, player coach. <laughs> and then uh, I, got onto the, I got onto the pitch, I think there was 15 minutes left in the game, and I was raging because, you know, I wasn't starting in one of the biggest games. And... We had one line out and the guy opposite me kind of said like, oh, I saw what you did last week. If you get this ball in the line out, I'm going to wreck your knee. And I was like, I said to uh, JB at the time, I was like, please don't jump, please don't jump, please don't jump. I don't want to get wrecked in the knee. Didn't do it. But then we went to the next line out and then sure enough, we went up on me and he just flew into my knee and I just lost the head and yeah. So you've built it up a little bit, a little bit, but what I basically said was true there. Yeah. There was confusion about whether you yeah, could play. But he didn't give me chat. He actually tried. So it was, you know what I mean? So it was warranted in that. He gave reason. you chat and then did it. Yeah. So yeah, what okay, I said so was yeah. true. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, if you could change one rule in football, what would you change? To be honest, I really, I uh, really love about the rules they want to change in football and I don't like it, but uh, maybe the VAR in professional football. It's a bit over the top now, isn't it? It's yeah, too much. It's too much. It's like, it's too long, too much for everything. And it doesn't matter if you have VAR or not, the, the referee will decide if it's a handball or not. Sometimes they, they, they do it, sometimes they don't. To be honest, VAR, sometimes it's okay, maybe for a goal or an offside, and that's it, but not for everything. It's yeah. like really too much. I've never understood that. A lot of my football friends, they all say the same thing. They're it's all VAR is a load of nonsense. Whereas in rugby, we've had VAR for what, 15 years, if not more? Well, it, yes, In if a try is being scored, but yeah. now they've got the, oh, you can check yeah. in some stuff. That Personally, that's what I would do. I would not allow, I would have VAR, but it would be a case of um, let the game go on and then just go and check, check and then bang, cut the game. Yeah, you need to send off 10. He's gone. Yeah, or for or, sending off, like, yeah, okay, but like not, that. not for everything. Yeah, mm. yeah it's just over the top, isn't it? They But they did it, Rugby League have always done it, where it's literally 90, they'll, they'll put the timer up on the thing over a decision. So, you know, they put the the, jaw, the music from Jaws on to try and, you know, Speak come on, we want a decision. Yeah. We want to we wanna sort of get back into the uh, into the game. Yeah, just one, well, we've got two important questions we always ask our guests, okay? The first one is... Do you wear your socks up or do you wear your socks down? 
sucks up. Sucks. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, uh, up there or are they are they down there? It Which depends one? what I'm wearing. No, in, in football, in football, or in football, yeah, in, on the pitch, up, up, up. Yeah, goalies. I couldn't imagine a goalkeeper. Oh, do you oh. know a goalkeeper? They would wear them down. Be interesting. It would be very strange for me. You have to have yeah. massive calves, I think. I think I have I have friends who do it now, and like as foot, as, pl- as, as players, as players, not players. as goalkeepers. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of it. So yeah, so for, for me, the only people who can do it is Totti and Dybala, Yeesh. and that, that, that's it. What about you? Socks up, socks down. I'm I'm a midway, a midway man. I, oh, I, no, no, that's fair enough. Like you know, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> big, big calves. No, not even. That's why I need to protect them a bit. <laughs> Show a bit off, but not too much. I've, then I've seen rugby players wear shin guards at the on. Oh, I think, you ever I, seen, I think that's in the old days. That's anything. really old school. Yeah, when people used to get kicked in this, yeah, yeah you don't get kicked hookers anymore, and so. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if you're I've up to shim, and they wouldn't be I've them. Seen it here, I haven't seen it in New Zealand. I've seen it here. Where have you seen no, that? At Asia. Oh, like already kids. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. as kids, you would because like you're obviously kicking like an idiot, and you'd always hit somebody else. I, I think I wore them for like first few games. I started playing rugby as well because I came from football. I was laughing. He's thinking there's no way. You soft airs, eh? And then the other big question we always ask is. We had a bit of a laugh. I was telling you about the tennis earlier. Um, so they're bringing in a new rule to the BGL League this year. I'm going to build this up, obviously. And for your first game of the season, they'll introduce every player to the crowd. What music would you have playing when you come out? <laughs> don't pick We Are The Champions. What other no, ones don't we no, pick as well? No. I, The Tiger, don't pick that as well. Ooh. I really want like a, a song from like boxer style you know when they get on the onto the pitch because i think the opposition would be afraid not something like we are the champion that's that's for champions when you win the league that's okay but not at the beginning but oh well I'll tell you what i'm gonna give you another 30 seconds to think about it because i'm gonna shoot over to tony here tony there's there's no way you don't have an answer to this question we used to talk about this in our team actually and um it'd be many men by 50 cent 100 percent Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you got to pretend you have haters when you're playing sport. Like you have to pretend you have haters. Absolutely, <laughs> good shout. Very good, good shout. shout. Just bumping back to you. Any, any? Does any, any? Something with Upton. I don't know the real, the full name of the of the of the song. It's Upton. Sing it. Upton. Oh no, no. Can I check it? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Tony, I'm going to ask you. We're going to have a party. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a Let's Talk Sport party, mm-hmm. and our guests are asked to wear something uh, sportive, whether it be a cap. cap Shirt, socks, mm-hmm. maybe even some boots. What are you wearing? That rip, that's that, what are you wearing to our party? I'm wearing rugby shorts. Mm-hmm. You're you're wearing rugby shorts like, you're gonna Yeah, what, like, no top. No, nah, no, no top. Just rugby shorts. Bradley Riggins. Wait, 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 top. I thought it was just with, with, with a wife beater. No, not with a wife beater. No, no. And with gum boots, oh, or would you go? Yeah. Would you go uh, flip flops? Big the, the wide based. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go sliders. I'd go Nike sliders. Nike sliders. Yeah, Nike sliders with socks as well. Nike socks on. Shirt. Yeah, probably just wear like a summer shirt. You know, would you wear Macron party, socks? Like? You know, to go with the national team stuff. <sighs> wear new national team shorts. We wear old national team shorts. Ooh. No, I can't wear the old ones. They're no, horrible. No, aren't yeah, they? no, you have to wear the white ones. The white ones are so sexy. Jake- the really, Jakega ones. Huh? Be really tight. Yeah, as you well, got, you got that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upton, Upton vibes from Mick Mill. Upton vibes from Big Mill. Well, okay, I haven't got time to churn that one out, so I'm going to put on this bad boy. Whilst we take a little, whilst we take a little break here, see if you recognise this one, Tony. And it's going to play. No. No, it's not going to play for me. It doesn't like me. Oh, yeah. What about this boy? Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be back in a second. It's going to take a short break here. 
Oh, Tony Renan's walkout music there. The Candy Shop by 50 Cent. Great shout, Tony. <laughs> that wasn't that for a while. No, was it not? <laughs> no. Oh, my we, bad. My we bad. a little bit of uh, Small Nations going on. Yeah, it's bit. pretty it's hectic out there. We obviously... Big stuff at the Small Nations. selected for whatever reason, but we'll not get into that. But um, <laughs> on... Oh, uh, I, I, actually, at the start of the show, you said Tony plays sevens as well. You, you, missed the, you, you, you missed the training camp? Yeah, I had exams, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm also not good enough. Like, it wouldn't, not to discredit the team or anything, like, I wouldn't make it the team anyway. But you have played Simmons for Luxembourg? Yeah, I played last year, yeah. yeah. Who did you play against last year, Tony? Uh, I played against England a few times. Ooh, yeah, don't mention it, don't mention it. Yeah. That was good crack. Did you get sent off at Sevens as well? <laughs> no, I didn't get sent off, thankfully, no. No, oh, no, no yellow. There you go. But uh, as I said, we're going to uh, dive into some of the uh, the results that have been being churned out at the Small States game, which is taking uh, place in Malta at the moment. First one, Nathan, we'll let you talk about the squash. Yeah, Sandra Denny, she narrowly lost her semi-final against uh, Liliana uh, Sultana from Malta. 11-8, 11-5, 12-14 on Tuesday morning, finishing up with bronze. So that's pretty good effort, like, because those uh, Sultana, there's two, the well, Sultana family from Malta, they are very good. In fact, trained out of Malta for some time with Bradley Hindle, and then when Bradley went back out to Australia, where he's from, they also, uh, they followed suit, so um, it's the the Maltese uh, heavyweight. Is he out there pulling the strings? Yeah, the Maltese heavyweight is out there, and he finished fourth. He actually locked, uh, knocked out in the quarters um, young Amir Samimi, oh, that's right. who's at Sport Lisse. Um So yeah, he was uh, yeah, but he didn't wasn't didn't do enough to get a to get a uh, bronze because it was actually Lanana's brother. I think it's Kieran Sultana who got the got the bronze, and it was the two Liechtenstein uh, guys that got the uh, gold and silver in the men. So yeah, mm. but fantastic. We got a we have a medal already in squash. So we got um, got plenty of medals by the by the sounds of things. There were also wins for the ladies in the table tennis, three 0 against Iceland and Cyprus, and wins for the men against Andorra. And in their second match, they beat Montenegro three one. Um, obviously, Nathan, you're much better at pronouncing names, so I'm going to let you do this next one. Yep, Rafael Calzi, Alex Nuff, and Eleonora Molinaro. They won their oh, singles match. You've convinced match. me, mate, if that's what it is. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> yeah, they won their singles match in Molinaro and, and uh, Verkla. They're in the women's. They're in the women's double. Interesting because squash and tennis are right next to each other in the in the same parts. So often, they um they they, they support it's each basically other. Basically, the same sport, anyway, isn't it? Like so. Yeah, like rugby, football, but. Um, <laughs> It's been quite. It has been quite uh, good. I know the, uh, Mr. Uh, Gwandu Conry has been over to watch both tennis and squash as well. Who's watching the seven today? He's watching the yeah, seven. Sat today. next to my parents in oh. the stadium. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. The old boy loved that. Wouldn't yeah. He? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The parents out there are they? Yeah, yeah. They booked the flights before the selection oh, came out. Mate. <laughs> Little oh. brother missed school and all to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like it's tough out here. I'm, got, I'm genuinely yeah. gutted oh, for you, mate. What a holiday! Oh yeah, they're loving it. Mm. Bit of sport, just a bit of sport on the side I'd mm-hmm. say. That, that, that happened to me mate when I uh, when I was at uni um, my when I was on placement and I played in the all Line League Cup um, and I played well and got man of the match this is a junior cup I imagine no 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 this is senior this is all Iron League man of the match got the trophy rang up the old boy happy days flew over I was in the twos a week after <laughs> <laughs> livid Absolutely livid. Uh, Basketball, the men's and the women's uh, both kicked off and had wins against Cyprus, but 
both went down uh, to Montenegro, uh, 64 to 52, and the men's 76 to 72. And I actually know they're minus one, the Benz. Ben Kovac, he's not out there at the moment because he uh, yeah. he's, he had to stay out <laughs> in Slovakia because their the finals close. went yeah. to went to seven games. Mm. So he's he's not out there. He's teed up to uh, to come up when he gets back. Do you know him? Do you? Oh, mate, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. John knows him yeah. as well. Like, mate. He went to school with me for the yeah. in Bonnevoie. Oh, not the sports uh, the league thing, no? Uh, no, it was a year, <laughs> a year under me. Yeah, you're my junior, but uh, we did um, we finished school together. He was my band. He was uh, next to me uh, in, in in class. <laughs> big boy is he? How tall is he? He's tall. Oh, it's he's... crazy, man. Oh wow. Yeah, I think like this. Would give to be that height. Huh? I don't know what it is. Like he sat next to me in class as well before he changed, and he he would have been smaller than me. Yeah. First year, I and mean, I don't know what it is. All these basketball players, they just grow. I don't know if yeah. ha- it can't be anything to do with the sport, but they just do naturally keep growing yeah. when you just stay like. I mean, in the diet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Type of walk, right? They got this. Yeah. Yeah. Swag about the basketball ben, ben has that swag, though. Like, you have to yeah. give it to him. The confidence on that yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. But he, he can ball. Yeah. He can. Yeah, he can f and ball. They like, they, look they, up his highlights. It's yeah. ridiculous. Basketballs when they walk, they're almost like they're going so slow that they're going backwards. They just <laughs> lumber, yeah, they just yeah. lumber in. But then when they, as you say, when they get on the court, you see how it's, quick they are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's damn impressive. If you like basketball, generally look at this boy's highlights from last season. It's insane. Like, I don't yeah. even know basketball, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, we had uh, who do we have on a couple of weeks? We had a Jordan Hicks, who's one of the pros down at Esh. Top yeah. boy, top mm. boy from Minnesota. He was uh, he was really cool to have on. Yeah. Also got in the judo, Tom Schmidt, uh, Nick Kunert, and Claudio Nunez dos Santos. If I said that right, it sounds yeah, yeah perfect. Perfect. pretty good. Huh? Perfect. In the pl- uh, 66, 100 kilo and plus 73, all won bronze. Uh, and Aneta Mossera won silver. So the medal's rolling in. Uh, the first gold medal for Florian Fripiat. Just nod. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, won gold over 200 metres in the breaststroke. Joao uh, Canero also won bronze. There was silver for Remy Fabiani and bronze for, oh my God, re- try and read this one out. <laughs> Ralph Deleiden Kiefer, Kieferi. 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 That's why I let you read the hard ones, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Ignorant Brit. In, in, um, in, the, in, the, in the 100 metre free. Yeah, exactly. I'll, just, I'll keep helping you. Uh, there was another uh, gold medal for Max Manis and the further medals for Joao Caniero and Florian Fripiat in other events as well. In the athletics... Did you see it on Did you see it on uh, RTL? She flew like the wind. She bolted clear. She was like Farlap coming out from the block. <laughs> Patricia van der Vecken obviously oh, won yeah, gold. Yeah, won she gold was, she was in my year as well, yeah. Absolutely. That was expected. Um, was we had her and Victoria Rauschel, and they couldn't tell us their walkout music. So if we get them on for part two, hopefully they've thought about that. Uh, Charlene Matthias uh, won over 800 metres. She picked up a silver, and Bob Bertemers picked up a silver in the 10,000 metres. And his namesake, but a much bigger, broader, and wider version, picked up a silver in the discus. And Matthias, try to say it for me. Espanye. Espanye picked up the bronze medal in the 800 metres. Now, let's get on to the important stuff today. The rugby sevens competition obviously kicked off. Um, how, did, how, did that, how did that article jump up the list? <laughs> the beauty of being in charge, you know. It's also got loads of spacing and highlights on the stuff like that. Uh, they started off uh, huffed and puffed, but a bit slow starting. We're 19-7 down. Um, and then two late tries from um, Choby Sweetnam and Finton Lawler holding his nerve to uh, draw thing, tie things up at 19 all and actually we were watching the score and they actually got the score wrong so it looked like uh, Luxembourg had won by two points but then when you watch it you're like Monaco catch the ball and kick it out and I'm like nah mm. you don't catch the ball and kick it out if you're, if you're losing you know? I think it's worth noting as well Finton to drop that conversion at the death 
to draw t- I mean he's only 18 18, 19 he's in his last year of school I think he's still got his exams next week he's just on holiday now <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous like it's his first time playing with the senior national team and to just front up be like I'll take this slots it no bother don't worry about it son did Hugo yes. charge off down the other end pitch be like no nah, not for me <laughs> yeah no credit credit to him good to see would have been nice to see them win but obviously uh, I guess they got warmed up and they beat uh, Malta convincingly 33-12 to 12. that was a good game and then Andorra um, quite easily uh, 26-7 they've got a rest day tomorrow and then their final games will be against San Marino and Cyprus and just having a look at it I think it will actually come down to points difference with Monaco having watched the results I mean you've got Cyprus there who potential banana skin and then we will see who uh, brings home the bacon mm. Um, and we've got the ladies obviously they didn't go too well today uh, went down 27-0 against Andorra 15-7 against Montenegro uh, whoever was on the wing was flying for that try and then 26-0 um, against Malta but I think it's good that you know they're, they're uh, bringing rugby into that because obviously it's part of the Olympics now so mm. long may that continue and Luxembourg will actually host the uh, the next version of the uh, is it every four years like the Olympics yeah, yeah, is it yeah, oh. yeah. but obviously because of Covid and stuff they've uh, mm. They've, um, you know, had to rig things up. Um, what, about the, what, what about in the water? In the water. Oh, Pitt Brandenburger won a silver. Um, oh, sorry, missed out on gold by 21 hundredths of a second. Um, and, he's, a long, uh, he's long distance, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, three minutes, 59 seconds. So, uh, Loris Bianchi from San Marino won gold. And Remy Fabiani, um, and then another bronze for Max Manis as well. Uh, Remy Fabiani wins the first goal in swimming at these games. The, the swimming's dragged out. You know, it's, it's pretty much on every day. There's so many events you can keep in. See, we know Julian Hanks. He was on the show last week, so hopefully he goes well as well. Uh, in the football, I think it'd be a discredit to not talk about Mersch and them reaching the uh, the final of, of the Lux Cup, which was played at the Stade Deluxe. I'm told it was played in front of 8,000 people down there as well. Unfortunately, the fairy tale didn't have the ending um, they pulled themselves back into it but there was a late goal and it finished up 4-2 uh, but I'd say that'd be some experience uh, playing at that you know Stade Deluxe when it's packed we've been we've probably played there in front of 1500 or something yeah. and obviously it's designed in such a way that it holds the noise so can yeah. I imagine the the noise that was up there I definitely just, want to interview their coach because he's got long grey hair and a big fake tan he just looks <laughs> like a looks like a top boy you know I just want to call you up on there I just got a message from Denny Hutchins who's um, popped the quad is he? Yep, playing for the national team, playing against Liechtenstein. Heard, heard a pop, he says, and the doctor said, yep, Gary gone, buddy. Gary gone. So he's Gary Gutted. gone. He said, I had a good cry, but on the bright side, get to, guess who um, will go out and watch the other sportsmen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Danny will have so, no... Yeah. A, picture uh, of his, a picture of his quad as well. Oh, so that, we'll we, put it on the social media page. Am I uh, right in thinking they're all in the same hotel? Is it like a mini yeah. uh, Olympic village where they're all in the Is it just the Luxembourg teams all in the same hotel? No, yeah. All the Luxembourg teams will be in one hotel. Oh, but in fact, the hotel was only... If it was, it was only just ready, didn't we? We heard that. Yeah, yeah. finished, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't quite right, but anyway, I'm sure um, he'll be happy in the. As uh, as I already uh, as I already said, Ben Kovac, um, he's obviously champion um, yeah. where he's playing this year, and obviously couldn't go out. Um, this is an interesting one. I only popped up today. Gerson Rodriguez not going back to his club in Saudi Arabia. Hasn't played since the 9th of March. 
I know I get flack, but this bloke, more clubs than Tiger Woods, do you know what I mean? Yeah, with you. Vote for Dodge next year, will you? <laughs> <laughs> if you need a kicker, mate. Why are you laughing, huh? If we need a kicker. Um, but yeah, he's had a fair few uh, fair few clubs, and obviously I think he's got he's got these three national team games coming up, so hopefully, well, if he puts himself in the uh, in the shop window, maybe he can sort out a, uh, a club for, uh, for next year. But um, when we talk about you know, I guess the Olympics, or well, not, not, no disrespect to small state games, but the grander, grander version of it is the Olympics. You know, with bearing in that in mind, what is the best thing you've ever seen in sport? Not just football, but the best thing you've ever seen uh, in sport. I mean, I, I, I alluded to it earlier on. You know, when Usain Bolt, you know, crushed it in the 2008 Beijing uh, Olympic final. Um, uh, tennis when uh, Müller played against Nadal. Oh, oh, that was, you spoke that about was, that, that was, as well that was previously. Yeah. That was yeah. one of my Luxembourg special yeah. moments. That was. I, it's the because of Luxembourg, and I remember we, I went. Uh, we were having a party with my old uh, class, and we stopped. Like having, we just watched the game. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Like it was, it was big. It was really, really big. And I think, like I say, for Luxembourg. Uh, if I want to talk about something extraordinary, I will talk about that or, I don't know, the 0-0 against France. In the football? Yeah, mm, that was that was nice too. Was that in Luxembourg or was that at Stade that, France? No, it was in Toulouse. Mm. Oh, wow. What about, though, because you're a goalkeeper, what about René Higuetta's incredible scorpion? What a legend. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> that, I mean, that's pretty special. When was it? Well, he was Colombian, wasn't he? Uh, Colombian, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think something when he was We recreated it in game, practice, right? so every goalkeeper recreates yeah. it in practice. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a must, it's really. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just everything that's awesome. It's the tash. Yeah. <laughs> it's playing in goal and jogging bottoms. Do you know what I mean? We haven't, uh, we haven't asked him the other ultimate question. If you'd choose, you could only choose between a moustache or a fine-dined mullet. Moustache. You're going to go? You're yeah, moustache. Moustache. This is normal for you, this stubble, isn't it? Yeah. Would you not, like, you know, be creative and go, like, the handlebar or the... No, the girlfriend doesn't let to do it. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't have a choice, huh? What, what, what about if you just go on holiday and come back with a, with a, with a, with a mullet? What about just, just, just let it the go? Mu- I think she would be happier with the moustache than with the mullet. Yeah, 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 because I, I don't like the mullet. Oh, mullet. What about you? Rugby guys like it. It's grim. Every second person in Ireland and UK yeah. has a mullet it's, it's, it's lost its uh, specialness because everybody has it now it's crazy I wouldn't have one personally no. I'd go for a moustache every day of the week I'd yeah. back myself can't be a good moustache can't yeah. be a good moustache no, can't Tony what about yourself any any you know real sporting highlights obviously Joao talked about the yeah. Gilles Muller tennis match but you can't pick the same no, one no no I wasn't I was going to say when Luxembourg beat Ireland in Ireland I think it was 2-1 uh, it, yeah. it was 2020 yeah. I thought it was amazing. Like we were, all the lads, well, no, it's just after COVID. All the lads were overwatching it uh, in Luxembourg, and it was just crazy. Yeah. I thought it was me- like also just also I suppose because my parents are Irish as well and I have Irish family. I just thought it was brilliant. Like for a small country like that to go well play Ireland, they are not the best in the world, but still trash them like that. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Nathan? Any others that stick out? Well, you've been you've been around the block a little bit more than us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I certainly think Rene Huberta's scorpion kick was was, was up there. Um, in terms of Luxembourg, I think it's definitely the the, the Gilles Muller. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to be in Malta on the in the, the last mm-hmm. mini Olympics, where that's how I know the squash and tennis mm-hmm. were, were were going on. We spent a lot of uh, a lot of time twenty years together. ago, thirty years ago. Actually, talking with the hotel, coming back to the hotel, we're in a uh, we're in a, a, a little car accident together. 
Um, now those taxi drivers there. So Danny, if you are out going between sports and looking at those ventures, just be careful of that taxi, mate. Because <laughs> they go they go like the clappers out there. But uh, yeah, the tennis is up there with with me in terms of Luxembourgish sport. Well, I've said this the last couple of times, but Jao, this won't be the last time we'll have you on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you, Tony. You'll be back again. I have no doubt. I think you could sit opposite there, me, and we could we could do well on this, oh, actually, yeah. to keep the diary free, boss. As always, we say a huge thank you to the army of uh, volunteers out there, whatever you do to make the sporting world tick, whether it's washing kit, marking out the pitches, coaching the juniors, driving the bus, whatever it is, keep doing it, because that is what is the most important thing about sport. As always, you can tune in to the regulars. You've got Sam Steen at 6am tomorrow morning you've also got steps with the lunchbox at 12 and melissa with the home stretch from four o'clock you can also check out the aptly named hangover show at 10 o'clock on a sunday looking at you tony uh and then you've also got dave burrows and his db3 sessions nathan have i missed anything out no no only that the the volunteers they're everywhere not here locally but also all those uh, all those volunteers in Malta that'll be helping uh, the, all the athletes mm-hmm. yeah the athletes well, on there. until away. next time gents thank you thank and you uh, it's Thanks cha-